Greetings, shalom, peace be upon you. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website can be found, scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we're looking at this week's Torah portion, which happens to be Exodus chapter 13, starting with verse 17, going through chapter 17, verse 16. Let me give you the portion summary real quick. The 16th reading from the Torah is named Bashalak, which means when he sent. The title comes from the first verse of the verse. It comes from the first verse of the reading, which can be literally translated to say, And it happened when Pharaoh sent out the people. The reading tells the adventures of the Israelites as they leave Egypt, cross the Red Sea, receive miraculous provision in the wilderness, and face their very first battle. So here's kind of the outline. We have the pillars of the cloud of fire. We have the crossing of the Red Sea, the pursuers drowned, the song of Moses, the song of Miriam. We have the bitter water made sweet, bread from heaven, water comes from a rock, and then a melech, which happens to be a descendant of Esau, uh, that nation, the Amalekites, uh, they attack Israel, but Israel prevails. So that is uh, what is on the table for this morning. I'm going to do my best not to drag this podcast episode out uh, too long, uh, but I do have a couple of points that I want to try to make, a couple of things I want to try to point out. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm kind of uh, looking through uh, this new American Standard Bible, and so I'm going to read from that today uh, as part of my research on this translation. And so if it sounds a little different than the KJV, that's why. But I've already read through it and compared it to the KVG, so we're not going to be missing anything or uh, having any issues. All right. With that said, let's go ahead and get started. Starting with verse 17. In chapter 13. Now, when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. For God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Please note, I'm going to make a point right out of the gate. Sometimes what seems to be the most obvious a way in our lives and God's putting up blockers and you're like, I don't understand. Why won't God help me with this thing? Why won't, let, why won't God let me go down this path? It's a good thing. It's, it's, it makes sense. It's logical. Sometimes it's because God knows that it's going to end up not being a good thing for you, even though it's the most obvious thing or the most logical step as far as human understanding is concerned. In this aspect, listen, it says that God did not let the Philistines or let the Israelites go the way of the Philistines, even though it was closer, because he knew that the people would struggle and weren't ready to deal with any type of conflict at that moment which is what was what would happen if they went the way of the Philistines verse 18 
Hence God led the people of Brown by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea. And the sons of Israel went up in martial array from the land of Egypt. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely take care of you, and you shall carry my bones from here with you. Then they set out from Sukkot and camped in Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord was going before them in a pillar of a cloud by day to lead them on the way in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp before Pi-Hariath, between Migdol and the sea. You shall camp in front of Baal-Zephron, opposite it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the sons of Israel, They are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Thus I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his servants had a change of heart toward the people, and they said, What is this we have done? that we have let Israel go from serving us. So he made his chariot ready, and he took his people with him. And he took six hundred select chariots, and all other chariots of Egypt, with officers over them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he chased after the sons of Israel, as the sons of Israel were going out boldly. Then the Egyptians chased after them with all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and they overtook them camping by the sea, beside Piharath, in front of Baal-Zephron. As Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt? that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go throughout the midst of the sea on the dry land. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his armies through his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. When I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and his horsemen, the angel of God 
who had been going before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. And there was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus the one did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided. The sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land. And the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left hand. Then the Egyptians took up the pursuit. And all Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. At the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve and he made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, Let us free from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state of daybreak, while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. Then Moses and the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord and said, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horses and its riders he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his armies he has cast into the sea. And the choices of his officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deeps cover them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you overthrow those who rise up against you. You send forth your burning anger, and it consumes them as a chaff. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters were piled up. The flowing waters stood up like a heap. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, and I will overtake, and I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be gratified against them. I will draw out my sword, and my hand will destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. 
Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you majestic in holiness, awesome in praise, working wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. In your loving kindness you have led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength you have guided them to your holy habitation. The peoples have heard, they trembled. Anguish has gripped the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom were dismayed. The leaders of Moab trembling grips them. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. By the greatness of your arm they are motionless as a stone. Until your people pass over, O Lord, until people pass over whom you have purchased, you will bring them and plant them in your mountain of your inheritance, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your dwelling, the sanctuary of the Lord, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and forever. Please note, that is the song of Moses, which he sings you know, it, it, after you saw such an amazing event, uh, if you didn't fall on your face with your arms in the air praising God, then something's wrong with you, if you after seeing something like this. Although for most of us, you would think the pillars of clouds and the angel of, the angel of God and all this other stuff going on around you would probably be enough evidence. But, you know, human beings, we have amnesia or quick to forget and slow to remember. Uh, this isn't the only time we see the Song of Moses, by the way. We actually see it in the book of Revelation. Uh, not the song, but the reference to the song. So let me just read Revelation 15 to you. It's only eight verses. It's going to take just a second here. Uh, just so you know where this is, if you ever want to go look. So if you go to Revelation 15, it says, And I saw a sign in heaven great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are their ways, thou king of the saints. And I'll just stop there with that first three verses. Uh, but that's where it's referred to that the saints sing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Uh, it's very, very interesting. And similar circumstances, right? Uh, there's just judgment happening on the wicked. And both times the people are amazed at what God is doing. And they sing these songs of praises towards him. Let's continue on. We're ready for verse 19. For the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea on them. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea. Miriam, the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dancing. And Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and his rider he has hurled into the sea. 
Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore it was named Marah. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statute and a regulation, and there he attested them. And he said, If you will give ear, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all the statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy date palms, and they camped there besides the waters. Chapter 16 Then they set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt. The whole congregations of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we have died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, for when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Please know we have to stop and have a conversation about this. I think this little section right here, and honestly this happens unfortunately throughout the book of Exodus multiple times, and I think even twice in our study this morning. They've seen all these miracles. God makes this bitter water sweet, points out the proper tree for Moses to throw into water, provides them a great place to lay down where there's 12 springs of water and 70 date palms. But they get to this place and they start to grumble and they start to long for Egypt. And they grumble against Moses and they, they say, why have you brought us out here to die in the wilderness? All that we have would have, we would have been better. This is what they say. We would have been better off if we died in Egypt. Where at least we had pots of meats and we ate bread to the full. I mean, in a way, what they're saying is we were better off when Pharaoh was our God. Than when Jehovah is our God. Here's why this is important to us right now. I read Hebrews chapter 12, verses uh, 27 and 28 to you, uh, I don't know, last week or a couple of weeks ago. Let me read it real quick again. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken, as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let's show gratitude by which we may offer God an, ex an acceptable service with reverence and awe for our God as a consuming fire. I mentioned that one possibility about what is happening right now in the world is there's a great shakening happening. And those things which can be shaken that are created, and that means these evil institutions, that means apostate churches, are going to crumble and fall. 
And what will remain is the real stuff, right? The real church, um, the remnant, uh, those churches that stand on the gospel, that those things will remain. However, one of my fears, if this is a possible, if this is what God is doing, and I think it's very possible that it is, one of my fears is that once the dust settles, so to speak, that we will have the temptation to long for the wickedness that we once enjoyed, if that makes sense. The wicked institutions that we once enjoyed the comforts of, if that makes sense. One of the temptations when God does the shaking is to look to the past and go, man, even though I'm in a closer relationship with God now, and even though God is blessing me and caring for me and taking care of me and providing for me and meeting my needs, I kind of miss that old way where at least then my, you know, I had pots full of meat and I ate bread till I couldn't stand it anymore. That's essentially what the Israelites are saying. And it's a tragedy. They're saying, we wish we would have just stayed in Egypt as slaves, where at least we had the comforts of Egypt. If this is a great shaking, and I think it is, and if those created things are going to crumble, I pray that we be what remains, and that we do not fall into the temptation that the Israelites fell into in the wilderness, where we long for the old institutions of evil I hope I'm making some sense with that thought let's continue on then the Lord said to Moses behold I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I might test them whether or not they will walk in my instructions please note sorry for interrupting again God is a God who wants faith even in even in the old covenant, we look at it and we go, well, God was just demanding that you obey this and you obey that. But really, it was still about faith. Right here, he has a test for them. I'm going to rain manna down from heaven. I mean, it doesn't get any easier or better than this. Literally, your food is going to come from heaven and it's going to just appear. You don't even have to, you don't have to do anything for it. You don't have to toil for it. It's just going to be there. Here's the instructions. You are only to gather it for six days. And on the sixth day, I will give you enough for the seventh day. And you're to take the seventh day as a Sabbath and rest and not gather it. I'll provide enough for you on the sixth day. And it's about faith because it's about trusting. Will God provide enough that I can rest on the Sabbath and not have to toil or gather the bread? So it is, it's an, it is a test of faith. Do you believe that God will provide? And of course, as we'll see, some fail this test. Verse 5, On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the sons of Israel, At evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning... You will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumblings against the Lord. And what are we that you grumble against us? 
Moses said, This will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread to the full in the morning. For the Lord hears your grumblings which you grumble against him. And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumblings. And it came about as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the sons of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, I have heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it came, about an evening, that the quails came up and covered the camp, and all the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp, and when the layer of dew evaporated, behold, on the surface of the wilderness there was a fine flaked-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was, and Moses said to them, It is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded, Gather of it every man as much as he should eat. You shall take an omer apiece according to the number of persons each of you has in his tent. The sons of Israel did so, and some gathered much and some gathered little. And when they measured it with an omer, he who had gathered much had no excess, and he who had gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered as much as he should eat. And Moses said to them, Let no man leave any of it until morning. But they did not listen to Moses, and some left part of it until morning. And it bred worms and became foul, and Moses was angry with them. They gathered it in the morning by morning, and every man as much as he should eat. But when the sun grew hot, it would melt. Verse 22. Now, on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, then he said to them, This is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is the Sabbath. Observance. A holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil, and all it is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until morning, as Moses had ordered. It did not become foul, nor was there any worm in it. Alright, so please note. This is what God wants them to entrust. If you gather the first five days of the week, don't leave any left over, because by morning it's going to turn foul and have worms. On the sixth day, gather twice as much, boil it, cook it, do whatever you have, so you're gathering for the sixth day and the seventh day, but when, it, but when the morning comes on the seventh day, it will not have turned foul, right? It's about faith. It's about believing that God will do and provide as he said. Verse 25, and Moses said, eat it today, for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it. But on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. And it came about on the seventh day that some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you bread for two days, and on the sixth day, remain every man in his place, let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel named it manna, 
and it was like a corridor seed, white, and its taste was like wafers with honey. Then Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Let the omer full of it be kept throughout your generations, that they may see the bread that I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put an omer full of manna in it, and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before a testimony to be kept. The sons of Israel ate the manna forty years until they came into the inhabited land. They ate the manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is a tenth of an ephah. Chapter 17. 17 more verses. Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel journeyed by stages from the wilderness of sin according to the command of the Lord and camped at Raphadim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and they grumbled against Moses and said, Why now have you brought us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with this people? A little more, and they will stone me. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pass before the people, and take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand your staff, with which you struck the Nile, and go, behold, I will stand before you there on a rock at Horeb, and you will strike the rock, and water will come out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he named the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarrel of the sons of Israel, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is this the Lord? Is the Lord among us or not? Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Raphadim. Please note that Amalek was the grandson of was the grandson of Esau. And uh, so that's where the Amalekites come from that are now attacking Israel. And this is important to note because as we're going to see God completely wipes them from the face of the earth. And it goes back really to the old prophecy uh, Jacob I loved Esau I hated. Continue on. Verse 9. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us to go out to fight against the Melech. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. And Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against the Melech, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed, and when he would let his hand down, Melech prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and they put it under him and sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and the people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and named it. The Lord is my banner. And he said, The Lord has sworn. The Lord will war against Amalek from generation to generation. And that is the end of our portion study for this morning. 
And uh, I pray that you've been blessed, that this has given you some things to think about. And as usual, I pray that it's uh, pierced your hearts and has caused you to draw closer to God. It is, like I said, it is my great privilege to do this. And uh, it's, it's an amazing blessing to be provided a work like this from God and to be able to do it and for people to benefit from it and to be blessed by it. And I'm just super, super grateful uh, for all of you, for your prayers, for the financial support that comes through. All of it is far beyond what I deserve. So thank you for listening and uh, thank you for your blessings. That's all I have for you. Peace and grace be with you all. And until next time, God bless.